before we get started with the show, I just wanted to give you a little warning that the audio cuts out a few times. Skype just wasn't very kind to us while we were trying to record yesterday. Uh, I hope you still enjoy the show, and here it is. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. I want to thank you for listening. I hope this finds you well. If you're looking to get in touch with the show, you can do so on Twitter at SFCDELL underscore IVERY. That's at SFCDELIVERY. You can also email us at SouthamptonDelivery at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to have Tommy Scott, formerly uh, with St. Mary's Musings, and with him, we will look back at Norwich City and Leicester City, and we'll look ahead to the League Cup semifinal leg two against Liverpool, and also the fourth round FA Cup tie against Arsenal. Uh, a lot has changed in the past week since we last released an episode. And of course, this is how it works. You release an episode, and shortly after that, everything happens. So uh, in the past week, uh, we have lost a great defender. Uh, we lost our captain, who led the team not only with his play on the field, but also with his presence in the locker room. He was a fixture in our defense and one of the first names on the team sheet almost each and every week. In other news, Jose Font left Southampton for West Ham. And of course, you understand that I am talking about Virgil van Dyke uh, having to come out of the team uh, against Leicester City with an injury. Uh, some ankle damage uh, resulting from Jamie Vardy raking his studs down the back of his leg. And we hope that he is fit enough to play on Wednesday. But if he's not, it will be Jack Stevens and Maya Yoshida. And depending on whether or not Steven Davis is fit enough to come back in the team, Maya Yoshida will probably captain the team and lead the defense. So, of course, everybody knows that Jose Font has officially now left Southampton after handing in his transfer request earlier this month. He had been absent from the team sheet for much of, of the month, but he is now gone. He's at West Ham. He's officially a West Ham player. And after many, many years of service and leadership and being really kind of what drew me to Southampton, he is now gone. And that's something that we are going to have to live with. And Van Dyke, I think, is a suitable captain. In replacement, we talked a couple weeks ago about how the last thing we would actually want is to have to replace both Van Dyke and Font in the same transfer window. And Puel hinted today during his press conference that he would actually be looking to replace Font within the January transfer window, but that is a relatively short time from now. So Font is officially gone from Southampton. He is officially a West Ham player, and Van Dyke had to come out of the match against Leicester City with an ankle injury. So that leaves Maya Yoshida and Jack Stevens to marshal the back and kind of keep things up. So hopefully uh, Van Dyke will be fit for Wednesday. And if he's not, uh, we will have to make do with Jack Stevens and Maya Yoshida. In other news from this week, Southampton put on a wonderful display on Sunday against Leicester City when they managed to beat the reigning champions 3 nil. Uh, Leicester offered very little going forward, did not really challenge Yoshida or Stevens, um, but our midfield played very, very well. James Ward-Prowse scored from open play. Uh, his free kick also kind of set up, forced Robert Huth into making a mistake and set up the goal for Jay Rodriguez. And later on, Shane Long's pace comes on and draws a penalty and Dusan Tadic takes the ball away from him and puts it in the back of the net. So, a pretty clean 3-0 victory, and I think that's just what we need to turn things around in the league. And now that's a little bit of momentum, and hopefully we can take that into uh, the second leg of the League Cup this Wednesday against Liverpool. 
and hopefully we carry that on into the fourth round of the FA Cup against Arsenal uh, on the weekend. And on that note, we'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans, uh, former writer for St. Mary's Musings and current writer for the Ocala Star Banner uh, from Ocala, Florida, Mr. Tommy Scott. Uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. I appreciate you uh, you being on. The easiest place to start would be with uh, the absence of our of our longtime captain, uh, Jose Font. Uh, what are your, uh, you have any opinions on, on that? Obviously a great servant for the club. It was seven years, six or seven years he was with us. Um, I just think that when we needed, when the club needed their captain the most during all of these troubling times right now for the club, which some fans would call troubling, um, I think there was a lack of his leadership. Um, so I think that will kind of stain his legacy, maybe down further down the road. Uh, people will forgive and forget that part of it and remember the good times. But I think right now he kind of stained his legacy just because of really this whole transfer request and how he's kind of handled himself throughout the year so far. Yeah, and it's it's been, you know, uh, six months or so that he looked like his head wasn't quite in, mm-hmm. you know, ever since he came back from uh, from the Euros. And maybe it's understandable. Maybe he needs that, you know, you get one more contract at his age and he was looking to make a, a big move and kind of, put himself up there with some of the better defenders in in, in the Premier League and maybe even in, in all of Europe. But I, I totally agree that when we needed him, when the club was kind of going through this tumultuous time over the past few months, he, he really didn't step up and wasn't there. And there I think there are plenty of people on Twitter who are who are super upset about that. But uh like you said, he did a great job for the club. He was there through all the promotion. A little upsetting that he didn't get to play at all in uh the Europa League, but it's kind of a, it, it, it is what it is. And, and now he's, uh, you know, now he's gone. And you, and you look at someone like, uh, say like a Morgan Schneiderlin, who, yes, he had that little hissy fit on Twitter last season. Um, when they, when the club said, no, you can't go anywhere right now, but then he manned up, uh, he ended up playing the, the entire season, uh, with no issues. He was one of our better players and it wasn't last season, two seasons ago, but, um, you look at someone like that with that kind of attitude, he was upset. He got over it, realized he's a professional footballer, and he ended up getting his dream move to Manchester United, which obviously didn't end up working out for him. So then you compare that with Jose Font, and you see, I mean, he gets his dream move to what, West Ham? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, similar situation with uh, Wanyama and Mane, who both kind yeah. of didn't appear to be 100% in it. But whether it was, uh, and I guess the the commonality there is is Kuman. Kuman was able to, you know, refocus mm-hmm. their attention and and get them to to play really really well, and then ultimately it made the club you know more money because they were they were in you know better form when they left. But when I saw Jose Font kind of being uh, hailed as one of the best defenders in all of Europe after the Euros, it's like, well, just because he won the Euros, does it really make him that much better? You know, and now all of a sudden everybody wants, and then we only get you know eight million for him, which I guess he's old or ish. I don't want to say old, but um, you know maybe so maybe thirty four. So, yeah, maybe it is a good bit of business, but you know you kind of think if you're if you're demanding or thinking you're moving to uh, to Manchester United or Liverpool, hopefully we could have got more than eight million. Especially when you look at a guy like Sako, who they're demanding Liverpool's demanding twenty million for. That's yeah, you know, and which I don't. Ultimately, I, I think with some time, I think maybe uh, Font's uh, legacy will will be remembered a little bit better. But for now, I think it's kind of it's it, it, people are a little bitter, and it's understandable. I think. I think it's easy too to look at um, his partnerships that he had. Uh, I mean, two seasons ago you had Toby Alderweireld. Now the last two, you've had Virgil Van Dijk next to you. Um, prior to that, I mean, Dejan Lovren was very good as well. Um, so I'm not saying, I mean, Jose Font's a fantastic defender, was, is. Um, however, I think he was kind of it, it almost inflated because of who his partners have been. Do you know, does that make sense? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, if you look at our back line, the, the past few years, the Klein, uh, Bertrand, Cedric, mm-hmm. those guys all start for their country or they're right up there. You know, um, you look at Bertrand and Klein, if it wasn't for Rose and Walker from Tottenham, they would be the starting fullbacks for England. You know, mm, and so absolutely. that 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 back line is is super solid. And at some points, you can maybe even make the argument that Jose Fon is the weakest link back there. Um, and if that's that's a good problem to have, I guess, because he's not he's not terrible. You know, he's pretty good. 
No, absolutely not. And I, I know we're going to get into the needs in a little bit here. But, I mean, Maya Yoshida, I mean, in my opinion, I think he was better than Jose Font this season so far. Uh, maybe not in previous seasons, but he's improved a ton. Yeah, I I have not been a huge Yoshida fan. I, I've a, kind of, I think I've been vocal that he he's good for one big mistake every game uh and generally that's a that's a poor back pass or or something like that that leads to a goal but this year mm-hmm. he's mostly for the most part he's cut that out this year um and, I, and i've been pretty impressed with uh, his overall play i i hope that he continues to kind of develop and i know maybe that's asking a bit much for him to continue to develop at kind of the rate he is right now but uh if he can continue i i don't see him being a a huge liability although if it uh comes where where van dyke leaves over the summer i would not like to see yoshida be our our mainstay at the back no Um, no absolutely not especially when van dyke had to go off this weekend and the captain's armband immediately went to yoshida that that leaves me going like well well, well, wait a minute we got to have we got it's it's a guy who barely gets in the team you know as of the past couple weeks and now he's got the captain's armband on that's that to me that's a little bit troubling but maybe it's just an an in-game uh kind of kind of move there for sure i mean while we're talking about it, do you want to go ahead and get into our needs yeah yeah we can do that just off the top of my head you know i'm thinking we we need a striker we we probably need another defender uh but what what do you see as being uh important or where do you think we need to improve the club i i think that's exactly it i mean you need a striker we need a striker who can score goals i, I we're screaming out for him i mean our play has been i don't think our play has been that bad but we look at it, We you've got Virgil van Dijk, who is, what, our fourth leading scorer, third leading scorer, uh, since Jay Rodriguez started firing off a little bit. Um, I mean, when Charlie Austin left the team, I mean, there's nobody. Shane Long is nothing compared to what he has been for the club. Uh, you look at someone, I mean, I mean, yeah, so a striker for sure. Then you've got, to, you've got to get a defender. I don't think, I was uh, reading some of the questions earlier, I don't think that we need a replacement for a Jose Font right now i think we can replace him in the summer but then you look at hey virgil van dyke's probably going to leave in the summer too and that leaves me to think that you need to go ahead and sign a defender who is going to be able to play first team next season because i think you're going to have to sign another first team defender first choice defender in the summer as well so i think that we are fine right now if we were able to keep virgil van dyke in the summer which doesn't seem likely so, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to wind up getting two center backs, and I think you need to go ahead and get one in January. Aiden Small mentioned kind of a similar thing, and it's been in my head since since then. And, and I agree that if, if Van Dyke stays, I think we're, we're fine signing one guy in the summer, but you can't have that brand-new center back pairing uh, mm-hmm. trying to get together over the summer. Because as, as long as the summer break is – it's it's busy and guys need time off and guys need time to recover. So when you get back, it's not like you really have two months to kind of get everything together. It's it's you're going to get a few training sessions in and it's mostly going to be about gaining fitness and then you're going to kind of jump right into the season. Um, at least maybe this year. It, I mean, if we win the EFL Cup, the summer break will be even shorter because you'll have the I think you have the play in games for the Europa League. I think Athens. honestly now and that's the thing too. Fans are worrying so much about well, hey, we're not going to be in the Europa League this season. It's a failure. Why do we want to be there? I mean, what what good has the Europa League done for us? We lost to some random, uh, was it Dutch team, Danish team last season, and then we're in here losing to Beersheba in this last one. And, I mean, I just don't see the good it's done for us yet. I mean, it's great to get our name out there globally, obviously. Um, and the club's doing fantastic. I mean, we're both in America right now talking about Southampton. But I, I just think, like you were just alluding to, I think we could just use a break. Um, so, I mean, a eighth or ninth place finish, obviously winning the League Cup would be fantastic. But, yeah, I think if we, we could deal with a one-year break from European competition. Uh, and it was pointed out uh, last week that this, um, this year, uh, Claude Poulos had to manage more matches in the first half of the year than any other manager in Southampton history. And so if you throw in having to try to qualify for the Europa League through those playing games. And then if we actually get in, it would be even more and trying to, you know, trying to develop some team chemistry like that. I mean, it's not a pickup game, you know, you can't just go out mm-hmm. there and kind of, you know, you, you're going to need time. And, and I think a lot of people are maybe overlooking that and saying that, you know, the team's not playing as well as it should be. Um, and maybe that's true, but, but really it, 
I don't think the uh, the time on the training pitch has been there. I think it's been taken up, you know, traveling to and from games and trying to get fitness back. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, you look at even the newer signings like Buffal. I mean, before he got injured, he didn't have any time to prepare. I mean, they were already ready to throw him out there once he regained full strength from his, uh, what was it, knee injury. I mean, yeah, no, you're exactly right. Is Claude Pua hasn't had a lot of time on the training pitch to even help his players improve in his system things like that they've been learning from experience so I think that was a slow start to the season and I think you're starting to see a lot of fatigue and like I was saying earlier our play really hasn't been that bad we can call it negative all we want but we're creating chances I mean we've had several games we've had 18 19 shots maybe seven or eight on target but still you're creating those chances you're creating those opportunities from at least 20 yards 10 yards out and I think that we really just lack that striker. We lack that guy that everybody is confident in. Hey, get him the ball. He can score. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, going back to the January needs, I think that is huge for us. And, I, I mean, we've talked about – you guys have talked about Gabby Adini. Um, I have a friend who is actually a Napoli supporter has been for 10, 15 years at this point. Uh, he taught, I mean, Gabby Adini, he says he's pretty good. He's good at finishing, which is exactly what we need. But I've also heard that he doesn't fit our system. I don't, I don't really know how to – analyze that myself so i don't know i think for was he at 14 million i think i just saw yeah they, uh, i think they dr- they're dropping the asking price a little bit i don't know if he'd be worth that yeah i don't know um uh, i think if i remember correctly he's not he hasn't scored a ton of goals this year um mm. and i think he's i, I want to say he's 25 which puts him you know he should be peaking over the next year or two so maybe that's that's good for us but we kind of need a guy who's going to come in and and score some goals now. And I don't think he's the uh, you know he's not Pella. He's not the guy who's going to stand in the middle and kind of knock the ball down and and also be able to score. But maybe with the front three of of him, Redmond, and Jay Rodriguez, and or Shane Long, maybe that's a better fit than what we have right now. Uh, it Possibly. Kinda, and maybe, but then you look at who comes out of the team. I don't want to say that Jay Rodriguez isn't isn't good enough, but he he maybe hasn't quite gotten to the, the level that he was at before the injury mm-hmm. or maybe lived up to the, to the potential he had before the injury, but you look at who's have to, who has to come out. It looks like it has to be him or Redmond, I guess. Right. I think the problem for Nathan Redmond was that he was called the replacement for Sadio Mane. I think that was his, I think that was the first problem for him. And first problem for the club is that as soon as you saw Sadio Mane leave, you saw Nathan Redmond come in, a young winger, just like Mane. And I think people had those same expectations. Expectations will kill somebody. I mean, will ruin a career. So I just think that he hasn't quite lived up to the unbelievable expectations people had for him in the first year. Uh, I think he is slowly starting to get it. I mean, he, both of his, what, a couple of his goals have come off just like corners. I mean, he's, you saw that one volley was his first goal. I don't right. remember who that was against, but... Uh, no, so I think he's been okay. He's been serviceable. Um, do it, he's nowhere near Sadio Mane. I also think at some point, probably it'll probably have to be in the summer. We'll have to replace Mane at some point. I, I've been fairly impressed with the kind of the versatility that Redmond, Redmond has. Though he seems to be able to play <laughs> on either side of the forward or even as a second forward, um, and he seems to be working with Bertrand and Cedric fairly well when he is on either of their sides. Uh, Ward Prowse's goal from this weekend against Leicester came from a one-two between Cedric and uh, Redmond that kind of mm-hmm. opened up the defense and set Cedric behind. Uh, and then you know Cedric made the intelligent pass and, and Ward Prowse made a good finish. So I think Redmond is, I think I think he's good. I think he he's getting a lot better. He's getting more and more comfortable in that role. Yeah. I, I I'm there with you in terms of what we, what we kind of need in terms of a striker. Uh, eventually we need a long-term replacement for Mane and hopefully we can sign another center back. But it, I, I want to say the last thing I read before I fell asleep last night was it didn't sound like we were going to go after a center back this, this window that it was going to be uh, Gardos was going to be the, the guy who is given the chance to replace font. Mm-hmm. And my only my only real concern with that is that I haven't I haven't seen him in the Premier League in some time, and so yeah, I, ha- I didn't know he was still part of the team. <laughs> yeah, I had to look no. it up. I had to make sure. No, it's yeah. I don't know. He was supposedly supposed to be pretty good originally. He was supposed to be that third choice guy last season, and no, he. It's just been injuries. I mean, his career has been marred by injuries at this point for Southampton. And it would be, it'd be fantastic. I see him on Twitter, always interacting with the fans. Seems like a really nice guy. So it'd be nice to see him succeed around here. 
and maybe they do. Maybe they give him that chance throughout the rest of the year. Maybe. Uh, I don't really know how you could throw Yoshida out of the team at that point, but I wouldn't say it's a failure if he is the replacement for Jose Font. However, if next season, going into the first game, you have a back four of Cedric uh, Bertrand, which is fantastic, two fullbacks, but then you have Maya Yoshida and Florin Gardos, that's not good. And Gardos made 17 total appearances for the club in 2014-2015, and then mm-hmm. zero last year, and I believe zero this year. So yeah, played this year. You know, so that's that's going to be that's a big ask for a guy to come in after basically two years off, two years out of the Premier League, and come in and and be a central defender that is you know trying to replace essentially a club legend, and that, right. that those are big shoes to fill. So so hopefully we do something else or, or Gardos is able to come in and do it. I'd be, I'd be, I don't really care who it is really. I just want that defensive back line to be solid. You know, I want to get back to the Southampton of, of last year and the year before where we didn't concede. Do you ha- I mean, do you have any opinions on Frazier for sure? I've saw that he's got the worst um, shot to save ratio uh, in, in European football. And it's just kind of, he's been disappointing to me lately. I don't know if that's due to a lack of confidence in his uh, back line. Maybe he's not having confidence in them, uh, so he's trying to do too much. But it just seems like he is not really the same player he has been for Southampton. No, and I'd like to maybe give him the benefit of the doubt and say, oh, you know, after the the knee injury or whatever. Mm. But I I just don't think that's it because last year I think when he came back he was still pretty good and he got into the England team and he. He did. He did a good job. He was getting recognition from. Um, I, don't know, I listened to the Guardian Football Weekly, and and mm-hmm. you know it was Fraser forced to be reckoned with. You know he was he was great. Um, and right. this year for the club, he's just not. He's just not been up to par. And I, I, I still think he's the best goalkeeper we have. So I think we have to keep going with him. But eventually, he's got yeah. to be able to to get down and 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 stop shots, especially the low shots. It seems to be what gives him the issues. Um, anything up where he can. You know, he doesn't have to get down on the ground. I think he's been fine, but I think it's been the uh, the ball's low, down and low to his right or left that he's been having trouble with. So, right, absolutely. And maybe maybe that's where being you know six four or six seven or whatever the hell he is gets in the way. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, no, but he's been fantastic for us in the past. It's just I think it's just one of those things where it's just a bit uncomfortable. And like you said, I think the knee could be playing a part in that. Um, but at some point, he will have to get the results. He will have to. Um, step up his form and he's been fine lately i mean we've well last two games we've had clean sheets norwich i know wasn't him but it was uh harry lewis i believe uh but then yeah clean sheet against leicester i mean so you can't really complain about frazier he's got 22 appearances in the premier league right now of course and doing fine you've got mccarthy i mean who could wind up breathing down his neck once he gets healthy so it'll be good i think for Frazier to see a bit of competition behind him with McCarthy. I know you've got Lewis and heaven forbid Stuart Taylor ever touches the field. But yeah, so I mean, I think that extra competition, just somebody not like not saying the club is going to go to him and say, listen, McCarthy's coming for you. He's coming for your spot. But just to know that there is somebody there that's going to kind of pick him back up and say, hey, listen, we've got to get this right. Yeah. And especially given, you know, the Joe Hart situation and being out of out of England, he's he's got a chance to kind of be the guy be England's number one right. for, for a while. So I'd like to see him take that, that spot. Um, but we'll, we'll kind of have to wait and, and see if that happens. You know, what, what was your overall impression of the, of the match against Leicester city? It honestly, it felt like a burden had been lifted off the player's shoulders. I'll be honest. Um, I think Jose font was a cancer in the, uh, training, training pitch and the locker room. Players can go and say all these tributes and stuff all they want, but I really do think he had a negative effect. I don't think that if he's here right now that we don't score three and win against Leicester uh, because Leicester haven't been that good this season. But it just felt like something was different about the team. They were finally figuring ways to score goals. And, I mean, that's really all we've been crying out for all season is the team hasn't been bad. The possession has been good. Uh, The chances, like I was saying earlier, have been good. It just felt like finally we were able to link up enough and go and score a few times. And then, obviously, we had uh, Dusan Tadic put in the penalty as well. So it right. just felt like if overall it just felt like a burden had been lifted. And honestly, I feel like get this win at Anfield, it feels like a whole new season. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, when if mom and dad are fighting, you're not paying attention. You're not concentrating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then maybe, you, you know, 
somebody's out of the house and now it's kind of like, okay, we can get back to, you know, the things we need to do. So yeah, like you said, maybe it's a, it's a good thing that he is gone. At least the players, even if they wish he would have stayed now, they don't have to worry about what's going to happen. Now they kind of can concentrate on, on just playing and, and that's what they want to do. So, um, absolutely. I, I was really, really impressed with the, with, with the match overall. Um, I saw some people were, you know, hailing James Ward Prowse as the, uh, as the man of the match. Um, I saw a couple of people shout out for, for Cedric and I, you know, Sure. Anybody, anybody you want to give it to at this point, because it was, it was, it was mm-hmm. a great team performance. I thought. Yeah, no, uh, I would say probably Cedric. I've loved how Cedric has developed this season. I believe Aiden small actually said something about him last week, but no, I mean, you go from last season, him being benched and behind Cuco Martina, who was not bad last year, but was definitely not good. Cedric was always meant to be the first team right back. Um, so I think that he has finally understood his role. He's finally coming to his own. And I don't know what your opinion is on him, but I think him down that right side has been very good. Like we said, uh, he linked up with Nathan Redmond for that first goal. And so, yeah, no, I would say man of the match, Cedric Ward Prowse though. I mean, you can talk about him too. He's had so many expectations. People call him the next David Beckham because of his free kicks and all sorts of things like that. And you finally have seen him kind of come into his own as well. And I think he's going to end up finally being the midfielder that we've always dreamt that he would be. Yeah, I mean, he is responsible for two of the goals. One with his one he scored, and then the other one he, you know, forced Tooth into making that that mistake. Uh, or if you call it a mistake, he, he's trying to make a clearance, and he just heads it back across the goal, and and then nobody else nobody else helps him out. So he can't really maybe maybe to blame it on Hooth is is bad, but. You know, that's, that's, that's what Ward Prowse can do. And, uh, you know, there is a lot of expectation on him being the England, uh, you know, I think it's the under 23 or the under 21 captain. Um, yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's gotta be some pressure there because, you know, you look at the captain for, for the national team and, you know, oftentimes it's Wayne Rooney or Jordan Henderson. And those are, those are kind of big shoes to fill. So, um, I think for him to play the way he did on, on Sunday, uh, I think I think it'll make a lot of people happy, and I think um, you know I don't maybe it's a lot to expect for him to do that every time or every week, week in week out. Yeah. But uh, maybe eventually he can do that because he is still you know young, so he's got a lot of time to develop. And I it was really nice to see somebody from the midfield score a goal, wasn't it? Uh, it just it seems like mainly we're hoping and praying that Virgil Van Dyke can put a header on goal at some point. Uh, just to score us a goal. So it was nice to see somebody finally from the midfield come up and get, get one. Um, I do think that's another need, like we were talking about the um, transfer needs, but I think we can address that in the summer. I think that's one of those things that you can wait on, that we have time to wait on, um, and really find someone who's a perfect fit for Claude Puel. Okay. Um, but, yeah, no, absolutely. So it was really nice to see him coming into his own. Uh, look, I mean, Oriol Romeo is just a boss. Uh, that man has been unbelievable for us. I think it's tough to call him another Wanyama because Victor Wanyama was fantastic for us, but I think he's coming very close right now. And I, I mean, it's only what his second season as a starter, so he's been good. Right, right. I I, I agree. And uh, before we we go any further, I'd like to point out that I think the game plan against Leicester City, I think I think I think Puel selected the right team. You know, I think putting on long early would have been a bad idea. Starting him would have been a bad idea um, mm-hmm. because Leicester's a city. Uh, Leicester City is a team that's going to give you the ball. They're going to allow you to make to make passes. And I, I think when we're passing the ball in the attacking third in their half of the field, that that's where long is kind of negated. And so to have Rodriguez there and and uh, Redmond up there, I think that's the team you need. Because they they're going to make those little those those shorter runs in and out of the defense and kind of switch sides and all that stuff. Whereas when Long came on later in the game, it's when Leicester City were pressing to try to get back in it, and that's when he can use his pace, and that's when you know he forced basically forced Morgan into uh, fouling him and giving him the penalty. So I think the game plan from Puel was was good, and I think people will be happy with that overall. Um, versus in the past where they've kind of felt that he's maybe rotated the team too much or you know. No, absolutely. He's, I mean, he's been, I don't mind Claude Puel. Uh, a lot of people don't like his changes. A lot of people, like we just talked about, he's had a ton of matches. And I know this whole argument, well, they're professional footballers. They should be 
should be able to play every game, but it, the human body doesn't work like that. It doesn't, the human body doesn't know that, oh, you're getting paid 80,000 pounds a week. I mean, <laughs> it, it just doesn't. So I think that it's a lot of his criticism has been very unfair. I mean, Claude Puel cannot play striker. Um, Claude Puel cannot put in good, good crosses for somebody to find, jump up and head it in. Um, but no, I found his tactics to be pretty good. I mean, other than I mean, we've had a few bad losses we have, and it has been a product of the rotation for sure. But overall, I think he is doing what he can at this point. But no, so I, I haven't minded Claude Puel all too much. That that's that's an area where I I was unwilling to to venture. It was like you know if they the, the club's going to sign somebody, most of their signings have been good and thoughtful. And if you look at the the string of managers we've mm-hmm. had, you know they've been they've been good managers and and coveted by other other places. And so if he's coming here and they've they've selected him, I'm I'm going to have to go ahead and give them the benefit of the doubt that he's the right man for the job, and right. and give him some time to 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 work his system because there was a change of formation. Uh, there was a shortened summer window. You had the Euros, then you had the Europa League. So it's it's not like you had a ton of time. Um, overall, I think maybe with the uh, the three man midfield, maybe maybe that requires something different from the midfielders than um, in the past when we played kind of the four two three one, where you know maybe maybe the maybe the four three three demands a little bit more out of the, that midfield three. Maybe that is maybe some of the the reason for the increased rotation, especially seems like Romeo is always there. Um, mm-hmm. But then the other two are, you know, it's like roll the dice and see who comes in, you know? Yeah. And then you've got the Tottich and Buffal uh, kind of heading up that diamond uh, when we do play in the diamond, um, which honestly, I mean, he's been very good at kind of switching that up. I think early on, he realized that we don't quite have the players to play in a legitimate diamond where they are all just keeping their form the whole time. So he's been very fluid with that, which has been impressive to me. Um, one point I did want to make is I think that Claude Puel and the board in general have a vision for the future right now. I think a lot of fans are focused on, well, they finished eighth, they finished seventh, they finished sixth. Um, so why can't we go higher? I think that the board has kind of thrown that out the window at this point. I think it is, well, listen, we have a new five-year plan. We're going to, it's, we're going to take a step back this season and we're going to slowly build. You look at it. I was looking at the amount of appearances for teams, and Claude Puel's played 24 different players in the Premier League right now. And, I mean, that, that that's not counting somebody like Florin Gardos that we were talking about or Alex McCarthy. So I think you're seeing a lot more of future planning. Josh Sims just signed a contract. Uh, we've had several young guys sign new contracts. So I think all of this experience is going to wind up paying off in the future. But fans and the board and the directors and everybody are just going to have to be a little more patient than what we've seen so far. Yeah, we have quite a few players, young players, that are signed till 2020 or 2022. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think uh, Christian Pulisic, at least in the United States, got all the praise yesterday for, for signing that contract or two days ago, whenever it was. And, yep. you know, at the same time, Josh Sims is signing a contract. And, you know, there, there's only a small corner of the Internet that's even – even recognizing that. And I think it's, uh, yeah, I think, I think, and I think it means he means a lot to the club. He's, he's been, uh, a, a joy to watch, uh, in the appearances he's had. And I think he's, he, you know, he's got a long time to kind of develop. And I think we have that young core of players that's going to, as they age and as they, as they mature and work, if they stay together, um, you know, we're going to have a, a really strong team for several years to come. No, for sure. And I, I think that is the whole thing. We talked about the last five-year plan, which wound up getting them to Europe two straight years in a row. But now I think you start this new five-year plan and it is going to take some time to grow and build that. Like you said, we've got a ton of young players. We've got good young players. I mean, you've seen Sam McQueen, you've seen Josh Sims, you've seen, and we forget about Matt Target too. I mean, he's he's obviously injured, but man, he's a heck of a left back as well. Um, so I mean, at some point, you're going to see Ryan Bertrand leave because I mean, he's fantastic too. And that's just only what we do is get rid of our good players. You know, I yeah. So I think that the board is looking more into the future. I think fans. The reason that we feel like there's Claude Puel right now is because the fans, the fans have expectations, which are fair, and understandably that the team should be improving every season. But you look at it, Ronald Koeman didn't care at all about Cups. We're in a semifinal, and we're in the fourth round of both Cups right now. Um, the Europa League, 
should have done better, but it came down to goals. Uh, we came down to no goals being scored again. Um, so, no, I believe that the board is looking into the future a lot, a lot very heavily. And I think, it, I think it's impressive. I think it's impressive. And I think fans are going to feel silly in three to four years when, who knows, Southampton could be a top five team consistently. Who knows? Kind of looking ahead, or one last thing about the, the, the Leicester game. Um, we've had two instances with um, penalties. We had that little blow up between Dusan and Charlie Austin earlier in the season. And then somebody tried to make something of what happened between Dusan and, um, and long uh, this weekend, but it, it didn't seem nearly there was, there was no yelling or anything. It just seems like somebody came up and took the ball and, and took the penalty and scored. And um, as far as where I stand, if you have a designated penalty taker, take the shot. If he's not on the pitch, then I guess whoever gets fouled, whoever wants it, go ahead. But um, you feel in your particular way about about the way the penalty situation's going down? I really don't. Um, I I don't have much an opinion for that. I did think it was a bit. Uh, I guess petty would be the right word to use uh, when Dusan was fighting with was at Charlie Austin. Yeah. A while back, but this one now, I I think it's people trying to make something out of nothing. Everybody wants there to be a locker room bust up right now. It just seems like. Um, but no, I can't. I can't see that being anything. Um, do, I mean, and Tuck's have been fine. I mean, he that was a beautiful penalty he took. Absolutely. Um, so no, I no, it's something out of nothing for me. Yeah, yeah. As long as that ball goes in the net, I don't really care who takes it. No. Uh, and I, what was it? One time we had Ryan Bertrand came up and took a penalty, and that yeah. made me a little nervous. But oh well. Yeah. It, at least I guess we it's good that we have guys who want the ball. Cause if we had, you know, 10 guys on the pitch who were just handing the ball to one another, that I think that's, that's a, that's a much worse problem. You know, the fact mm. that we have guys that are confident in their penalty taking and, and, and can come up and, and, and do the job that I think that that's great. And, you know, I don't know who works on it you know, during the week on the training ground, but I'm sure that Tadich is one of those guys. I'm sure Ward Prowse is one of those guys. I'm sure that even Bertrand is, is doing that. And so, you know, as long as we have somebody who can take it and somebody who can step up and, and put it in the net, then then I don't really care what happens up until that point. Oh, yeah, and I will say I'm scrolling through Twitter right now. I was going through the Southampton feed. It looks like uh, Southampton's actually talking to Napoli today about signing Gabbiadini. Uh, it says they want $17 million. Um, so we'll find out in your next episode whether or not that comes true. But, I mean, I guess it would be interesting. I just feel like, like we were talking about it, that that is a lot of money for a guy who – you know, it might be a risk. He might be a risk. He might not actually fit in. He might not score goals, but he could. I mean, $17 million could look like peanuts if he comes in and scores seven or eight Premier League goals by the end of the year, you know? So it's it's just relative to what you think you need. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Let's, let's see. I'm trying to look at how many goals. Um, so this year he, has, he only has five goals so far in 19 appearances. Last year, 30 appearances. Uh, nine goals and so you know mm. if that's i'm not sure that's a lead the line striker but you know goals by committee I'll, I'll take him at this point so looking ahead to uh leg two of the league cup uh what what do you what do you think i mean liverpool lost to swansea on the weekend um what i thought we took advantage of in the first match was the absence of henderson at the base of their midfield i mm. thought that who they have lucas in there and I thought that we kind of took advantage of that. And so I was really worried that when Henderson came back into the team that we were going to struggle to control the play as much as we did. But if he plays like he did on the weekend, I I'm, I feel fine letting, letting him be there, you know? I think you just need one goal. Southampton, if they can score one goal, I think it's over. Um, which doesn't – I don't think it's going to be that difficult, honestly. Um However, I think it's very possible. I think the Liverpool loss to Swansea is kind of a mirage, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Swansea is a terrible team. Um, so I, I don't really know how that happened. Um, so, yeah, I think it's very possible. I think one goal, one away goal will do it. I think the defense will be fine. I am a little bit worried that Virgil van Dijk might be out. I know they're discussing today whether or not he'll be able to play. He's going through some tests. Um but yeah, so I think that they will be fine if they can just grab one goal. I think I could see them losing maybe two one, 
Maybe it's a one-one draw, which either one puts them through. So well, it's great. Uh, very, very big that they were able to keep the clean sheet and score one goal. And they could have won that game three to four. I don't know if you watched the first leg, but they could have won that game by three or four goals. Absolutely. Uh, which is, could end up coming back to bite them. So we'll see. I, I'm, I'm actually confident. That Leicester game gave me a lot of confidence, maybe a bit too much confidence, but it'll be fun. They are going to have uh, Coutinho back, and I think uh, okay. Matip, he came on uh, this weekend. So I think now that means he will probably be available for selection uh, for Klopp uh, defensively. So that's probably Lovren and Matip, um, Klein and Milner back there. And then I, I'm Coutinho, Coutinho loves a goal against Southampton too. It's usually a wonder goal, so got to be able to close down on him. Yeah, um, and I, I'm not sure who they're going to start. I can see them going kind of ultra attacking and leaving uh, maybe Chan out and putting Lalan in the midfield, and then having Sturridge, Firmino, and Coutinho all attacking. And if that happens, I think I think that's when you know we we can hit them on the break maybe. And, and get that away goal and kind of kind of seal it, but it's going to be a real test, especially if uh, you know Van Dyke is out and and we have uh, Yoshida and Stephens um, playing playing center back. So we'll we'll see how it goes. No, I think that this game will be crying out for a Shane Long type player too, because you're looking at, I mean, like we were talking about with Leicester, they started pouring guys forward. You bring on Shane Long and he beat them with some speed. So I think you're like you just said, you're going to see them pushed you're gonna see them pressing like crazy so i mean you can hit them on the counter you can do a lot of good things yeah yeah i think i i think based on the the performance we had i think this is kind of setting up in in our favor jurgen club could really do us a favor by uh by having his team pour forward which i think he likes to do and uh hopefully lawrence carius goes back to the lawrence carius of uh you know a few weeks ago when he was just you know seemed unable to stop anything Right, absolutely. I think the, the biggest worry for me for me is the Virgil Van Dyke situation. I'll be interested to find out uh, what does wind up happening with him. Uh, I, I mean, obviously he's a huge part, and it does make me nervous about Jack Stevens, possibly Florin Gardos, maybe making his first appearance of the season. That makes me nervous. Yeah, my Yoshida being back there or Jack Stevens, it does. <laughs> that just popped in my head that Florin Gardos makes me the most nervous to think about Florin Gardos getting his first appearance in the team. That's a little sketchy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you had to make, uh, if you had to pick your team, who, who are you rolling out on, on Wednesday? Hmm. Let's see. I would go probably just stick. I'd go four, three, three. Okay. I think we can just kind of call it that at the least. Um, I think you'd have to go, got to go Bertrand. I think this needs to be a first team match. Um, it, ha- it can't really be marred by too much. Oh, uh, let's see. So you've got Forster. We were talking about his issue. However, I think he is the answer right now. Um, then you look at your back line, got to be four. Um, go Bertrand, Van Dyke. I, man, just praying that that man is healthy uh, because that will be, that will be a tough hit. Um, so let's say Virgil van Dyke is healthy. If not, I would say you go Jack Stevens and Maya Yoshida. Uh, you keep Yoshida in the team regardless. Um, and then on the right, you've got to start Cedric. I, I love Kuko Martina and everything, but he, he's got to be able to start. Um, in the midfield, you got to go Romeo. Then you've got, let's see, I think if, and if Steven Davis is healthy, you want to roll out Steven Davis. Um, those are, I mean, our captain and our club captain now. We didn't mention that either. Right. Um, so I think Steven Davis and I don't know, you, maybe, you, maybe you give James Ward Prowse, um, another start. I don't really know how you would work it. That's the, that's the biggest thing is the midfield. Nobody knows how Claude Puel is going to make his midfield. Um, so I would say Romeo, Ward Prowse and Davis. We'll, we'll go with that for me. Uh, Hoiberg, I've, he's, hasn't been that impressive as of late. Uh, so I would keep him out. And then forwards, I would say Jay Rodriguez and Shane Long, maybe. Uh, that might be tough to put both of those two together. And then Dusan Tadic as well um, on the left. So I I think you can make that work. So does that make sense? Did I say it all right? Yeah, yeah, no. So I'd go Forster, Bertrand, Yoshida. We'll just say Virgil van Dyke's out. Stevens, um, Cedric, Romeu, Ward-Prowse, Davis, Tadic, Long, and Rodriguez would be my 
I think the only the only thing I think that'll be different. Um, I think the midfield you'll have Davis and Classy, which is the same uh, the same mm-hmm. partnership that played uh, the first leg. Um, I think if 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 Davis is fit, I think he'll be there, and I think Classy will right. as well. Um, and then up top, I'd like to think that that Redmond's going to play. I think Jay Rodriguez gets gets left on the bench for this, and I think you're you're going to get uh, Redmond, Long, and and Tadich playing. And then I think Redmond, or I th- and then I think Rodriguez will play um, on Saturday against Arsenal, and that's where I think you'll see Martina um, and some of the other players get. I think Harrison Reed will get a start there because we have the match on Tuesday. I'm down with that. I love Harrison Reed. Yeah, so I think I think overall I think we're looking we're looking pretty strong coming into this uh to this uh, this is a big match. I and mean, once again we're playing three matches in less than a week or three matches in a week in three different competitions and that's you know, it's tough on the team but that's exactly what you want to be doing at this point. And and it's a bit unbelievable that we have so much uh fixture congestion really. Um, and I think that's where we're going to find out how good of a manager Claude Puel is, is in these next three games. I mean, you've got two elimination games, not just Premier League matches. You've got two elimination games and then a match in Wales against Swansea. Um, so, uh, I mean, yeah, you're looking at a lot of more, a lot more congestion. Uh, you're going to see some weird changes be made. I just hope that this game against Liverpool is the game where we don't see as many changes. Um, I, like I said too, is if they can go and win at Anfield or at least go through, through Anfield. Um, I think that you can kind of throw that FA cup game out, to be honest. Um, like I, like you were saying too, just maybe put in Harrison Reed, maybe give uh, Sam McQueen a start, give guys like that. Josh Sims, start him too. But this Liverpool game has got to be taken seriously, I believe. So I guess the only thing we really need to do before we wrap up is just kind of think, what do you? What are your predictions for you know, the next two matches? How do you think things are going to wrap up? Uh, let's see. I'm going to say that we are going to go through to Wembley. I'm, ve- I'm actually very confident in saying that. I think that they do have enough to at least get one away goal, maybe two. Um, so I'm going to say we go ahead and win that. Um, maybe not, maybe not even win this next game. I mean, you could lose two to one and still go through, um, based on away goals, which is huge, but yeah, so I'm going to say we go through to Wembley, uh, in the league cup, which is massive for Claude Puel. And then, mm, I don't know. I would bet on another replay to be honest in the FA cup against Arsenal. We, man, we love to play Arsenal and Crystal Palace. We love we love some good draws against them, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would bet on a draw. Maybe I think we play a little uh, more defensive against Arsenal, and we might play defensive against Liverpool. But I still think they're still going to be hungry for at least one goal, which is huge for us. Um, but then again, we've seen that before. We saw in the Europa League when they were playing uh, was it Beersheba in the final game, and all we needed was one goal to one goal to win the game. So it seems like we can't do the simple things very well sometimes, but I'm confident in the fact. So I'll go win and a draw for the next two games. All right. All right. I think we may get a draw at Anfield, but I think, I think we go through. Um, and then against Arsenal, uh, they are going through some, you know, Jaka got suspended on the weekend. Um, yeah. Wenger, it looks like he's going to be, have a touchline ban. So he'll, he should be out. And they're going to have to rotate their squad pretty heavily because they're they're really lacking central midfielders at this point. Um, with people gone, uh, various uh, they have Elneny out at the African Cup of Nations, and everybody else is is injured or on loan. So I think they're going to have to rotate pretty heavily in the front three in their attacking sense. And so I think uh, we we have a chance to to maybe hold there, but I don't know how much we're going to offer going forward. So it it may just mean another 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 match so uh, right we'll absolutely see. and that that's kind of my fear because we don't need more fixtures i would rather us win it in anfield lose uh against arsenal and just be fine with that just have a game again game at wembley and worry about the premier league the rest of the way i think a replay is the last thing we need in the fa cup i i, I tend to agree i tend to agree <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on and, and doing this. I, I realize that it, it's kind of, you know, somewhat inconvenient and you're giving up your time and I appreciate that. Oh no, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, like I was, like I was telling you before we started, you don't, 
in America over here, we don't tend to get a lot of times, one, you can talk about the Premier League, but two, talk about Southampton. Uh, typically, guys are wanting to, oh, you saw Zlatan's goal, didn't you? you? You know, you talk about the Uniteds, the Chelsea's City, teams like that. So it's nice to have, it's nice to see where Southampton's growing, actually. It's nice to see where they're going, um, that we are in America and we're able to talk to a number of Americans about the Saints. So it's Absolutely. good stuff. All right. Well, uh, maybe maybe we get you on again in the future. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm all down for this. All right, man. Well, uh, have a good day, and thanks again for coming on. Thank you, Matthew. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. And that will do it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. I'd like to thank Tommy Scott for joining us. Once again, you can find Tommy on Twitter at t scott with three T's. 1028 or you can just type in Tommy Scott check out all the work he's doing for the Ocala Star banner out in Florida um, uh, we'd like to thank Matt at the We Are Southampton page on Instagram for unique pre and post match edits goal of the month polls competitions edits and more uh, be sure to check out We Are Southampton on Instagram he's the guy who does our or who did our logo so thank you Matt over there. So any sounds that you heard on today's show came from freesound.org. You can check them out there. So you can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, and please share the show with other Saints fans so that we can get the word out to more people. Next time, we'll talk with the Southampton panel. We'll look back at leg two against Liverpool. We'll hopefully look back at a victory in the fourth round of the FA Cup over Arsenal, and we'll look ahead to Swansea and then the return of Jose Font and West Ham at the weekend. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. Please get in touch with us on Twitter. You can follow us at SFCDELL underscore IVERY. That's at SFC Delivery. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show, and remember that together we march on.